It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. All right, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming to the show where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio, we're here on KCAA in Southern California every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The show gets replayed on Sunday afternoon to 2 p.m. And of course, we're all over the internet, so you can download us, stream us, Whenever you listen, whenever you want for free. Guys, Guys Radio, we've done almost 400 shows now. So thanks for being there with us. Thanks for supporting the show. We've got a great one for you today. We're going to tackle two subjects. Um, One is uh, fertility and conception. You say, wow, I thought this is Guys, Guys Radio. But you know what? This is a subject um, that guys need to know more about. We need to know more about how the female body works, the erogenous zones, the arousal process with women, when it's best to conceive, why couples have so much trouble conceiving. I'm sure the ladies out there will be interested in this. Uh, Our guest is Denise Wiesner, and she's written a book called Conceiving with Love, a whole body approach to creating intimacy, reigniting passion, and increasing fertility. And, you know, I was wondering when I got the book, there's a picture of some uh, flowers on the cover, and I'm like, I don't know if this is for Guys Guys Radio. Yet, when I went through it, there's a lot about Western and Chinese medicine, there's a lot about diet, there's a lot about fertility, a lot about the female anatomy, a lot about how to arouse a woman, a lot about understanding ovulation and how the female body works. And I'm like, you know what, guys, we need to know more about this stuff, so I'm bringing this special guest here today. Denise Wiesner, and I'm sure the ladies will be interested in some of the obstacles that couples run into when they're attempting to conceive, because in our stressed out world, people are on a schedule. It's like, I'm ovulating. We got to go, buddy. And that's not always the only way to conceive a child. You want to be on schedule, of course, but you want to be an open vessel so you can actually procreate. So we're going to get into a deep discussion with Denise. Our second guest is a kind of a spiritual troubadour, if you will. He's very well known. His name is James F. Twyman. He's going to talk about a novel he's written recently called Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis. And he's also touring the country. He's got a one-man musical show called Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. And he's going to walk through about six or seven cities with no money in his pocket, no food on the table. And he's going to rely on the kindest of strangers to make his way. He's also going to give a lot of tickets to his show out to uh, homeless people. And he's going to mirror some of the actions of the great St. Francis of Assisi, who was a patron saint of animals and I think also of those who are disadvantaged. Fascinating guy. He's also going to sing one of the songs from his uh, musical. And it's going to be a great discussion because he's actually uh, very well known for developing a meditation called the Moses Code that was very um, brought to... uh, brought to a notoriety, if you will, in a positive way by Wayne Dyer. And they did a CD together called I Am Wishes Fulfilled. I'm wondering if you're familiar with that, but it's a real good one. So James is a multifaceted Renaissance man, and he is a devotee to St. Francis of Assisi. So he'll explain the importance of St. Francis and what he's doing with his uh, one-man show as it travels the country and eventually lands on Broadway uh, next February. So it's going to be a great show on Guys Guys Radio. What else is going on in Guys Guys Radio? Well, for your host, Robert Manny, as I've mentioned, I finally managed to move cross country with my family where our first stop in Southern California is in 
sunny San Diego. It's very different from New York City. I've uh, talked about it on past shows, but I just noticed something recently that I thought I would share with you. And I'm wondering if this goes on in a lot of big cities. It's like, are all big cities the same? Now, San Diego is not as big as New York, but it is a big city. And New York is a monstrously big city. But you know, it's interesting that there are some parallels. There are some similarities. For instance, in New York, you have a Little Italy area. Well, you also have Little Italy in San Diego. Frankly, the Little Italy in San Diego is a lot more quaint. It's a lot cooler. Um, and it's a destination. Whereas in New York, sure, it's a touristy destination, and it was the original area where most of the Italians who came over from Italy landed in and lived uh, for their first you know, decades or so before branching out and moving to the Bronx and Brooklyn and New Jersey. But, uh, but San Diego's Little Italy is very quaint. It's filled with a lot of cool restaurants. And then like two streets away from India Street, which is the main street in Italy, Little Italy, is Kettner Boulevard. If you take that... Uh, north, I believe, there's a lot of cool places that the locals know about. So there is a Little Italy here in San Diego, and there's one in New York. There is also an East Village in New York and an East Village in San Diego. And interestingly enough, both of them are kind of hipster areas, if you will. Uh, the rents are high in the East Village now in New York. It's, it's no longer what it was in the 70s and 80s. But it is kind of still a hipster type of area, not quite like Brooklyn hipster, but East Village is a little grittier than the other parts of Manhattan. And here in San Diego, the East Village is an up-and-coming kind of hip area where it's a little off the beaten track. It's over by Petco Park. It's east of Petco Park. And, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little bit dicey in some areas, but also it's very nice in other areas. And a lot of people are moving there kind of ahead of the curve. And I'm sure the real estate values will explode over the next decade or so. So it does have some similarities there also with New York. You've also got a Fifth Avenue in New York City and in San Diego. And both are kind of core shopping streets. Here in San Diego, it's more about the gas lamp district. So it's a little bit touristy, but not quite as high end as the Fifth Avenue. Obviously, in New York is super high end. And you've got all the designer shops there, and you've got very wealthy tourists from around the world who shop there. The locals in New York don't shop on Fifth Avenue too much unless they're, they're pretty loaded. Uh, the kind of middle class, if you will, knows to, you know, where to go for bargains all over the city. But interestingly enough, two Fifth Avenues, and both are all about shopping. You've also got here in San Diego a seaport village, and you've got the South Street Seaport in New York. Both kind of you know, a little bit touristy areas, but very nice. If you want to dine by the water, have a couple of cocktails by the water, or just walk around. They have tall ships there. They have, uh, you've got the Intrepid in New York. It's not at the South Street, Street Seaport per se, but it is along the west side. And here in San Diego, you've got a big destroyer here that's docked here, and you've got some old clipper ships, uh, the Star of India, and some other stuff. So they're both, uh, they're both kind of touristy, but nice waterfront property. So you've got another similarity there. So it's, it's interesting that uh, these are two cities that are on opposite sides of the country, opposite coasts, yet they have some similarity in terms of names of sections and, and the kind of reason why these sections exist and how they perform. So something to think about, I guess, at least I got thinking about it. So anyhow, we've got a great show today. I can't wait to meet our guests. So we're going to get into it right away. Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny.
special guest is Denise Wisner. She has written a book called Conceiving with Love, a whole body approach to creating intimacy, reigniting passion, and increasing fertility. And I said it's a very special topic because it's in millions of couples who are having trouble uh, conceiving. And I think it's a higher rate than it's ever been. But uh, Denise will explain that to us. Let me tell you just a little bit about her. She's in Los Angeles. She's the founder of the Natural Healing and Acupuncture Clinic. She's got a deep, deep background in uh, Chinese medicine as well as Western medicine, fertility, and women's rather at the Yosan University in Los Angeles. So welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Denise Weisner. How are you? I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me on the show. Great. And it's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, it, is, it is an interesting topic. Uh, let me start out with a story about uh, my wife and I, because we're an older couple. We have a six-year-old now, and uh, I was in my early 50s. My wife was in her 40s when we have had our first kid, and we didn't really try to have a kid. We figured if we had a kid, we had a kid. And um, we went to a spiritual retreat with a channel by the name of Paul Selig, and we did a, a workshop there with him over the weekend. I had been to one, and I invited my wife to go to a, another one with me. And um, we were really clear channels by the end of that weekend. And then uh, afterwards, we, you know, we got together, and uh, when I tracked it back, when I found out she was pregnant... Um, it, it turned out that the time of conception had to be right after that weekend. And I think it was because we were such clear channels at that time and we were very open, we were very loving, and we were very much with spirit, if you will. And I think that helped the conception. And I think what happens nowadays is a lot of people are trying really hard. They're under a lot of pressure uh, just because that's how life is in the in the Western culture now, and it, it becomes a problem and a lot of stuff gets in the way and also sex becomes scheduled, et cetera, et cetera. But let's get into all of that. Let me start with a question, Denise. Why are so many couples feeling challenged today about conception? And is, is this a new phenomenon or has this been going on for a long time yet it seems to be moved to the forefront now? I think that uh, this, hasn't, this hasn't been going on for a long time because in the olden days, like people were trying not to get pregnant <laughs> because, right, right there, was no good, there was no good conception. And right now, I think there's, you know, probably, probably in the olden days, people tried a lot. They got married a lot younger, right? And then, you know, like right. I think my grandmother had her second kid by accident at 42, right? My, my grandparents... Um, the the sister and brother were like 10 years apart. So at that time, people just didn't have the knowledge that we have today. So I think there's a, right now, there's a, you know, older people are trying to get pregnant, right? Right, right. Like you, right? Um, maybe their career comes first and everyone thought it was fine until now we know statistics are like over 35 is considered advanced maternal age, right? Mm -hmm. And and then there's a lot of fear uh, about, you know, getting older and your chances of conception. So doctors are now like educating women to try sooner. So all in all, my patients are coming in, like, they're not even giving themselves a chance to try. They're, like, right to IVF, in, which wow. is in, in vitro fertilization. There's this big pressure and stress because they know, their the women know their biological clock is ticking. And then it becomes this, like, anxiety-producing, like, oh, no, we, we, we don't have a lot of time. Let's get busy, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stress around conception that I think wasn't there a long time ago. Okay. Great answer. Um, if you don't mind, I was reading your book and your personal story is very interesting and it makes you the perfect person to be kind of a guide 
for people who are trying to conceive. Would you mind sharing some of your personal story? Because you have yeah. two boys now, but yeah. it wasn't it was wasn't a smooth road the whole way, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the first child, I got pregnant by accident. And then it was like, uh, uh, I found out in the middle of uh, when I was pregnant that I was a carrier of this genetic disorder called Tay-Sachs and that my husband was also a carrier. So I didn't, there was a 25% chance that I would not be able to keep that baby. And and it's a fatal disease. So the baby dies like in two years. It's something you, you then there's no cure. So um, I got tested and luckily my first child was okay. And then I thought, oh, it's going to be so simple to get pregnant. And, you know, I, it's easy. So we got pregnant and I was pregnant with a, a, by our second child. And then I miscarried and it was really shocking to me. Like, I just didn't understand. Like, I'm healthy. Why would I miscarry? All right. Mm-hmm. And then th- three months later, I got pregnant again. And then it was a, it was a Tay-Sachs baby. And so I ended up having to terminate that child and... Um, that was very traumatizing, sure. right? You know, sure. yeah. So then, and then I just couldn't get pregnant. <laughs> and I, and it's funny that you you talked about your spiritual retreat that you went on because mm-hmm. I actually went on this um, kind of. I stayed at this yurt and at the and it was this very spiritual place near, kind of near where I live. And I took my kid there, and we stayed in this yurt, which is like a teepee thing. And um, there ended up being a sweat lodge, like an Indian sweat lodge going on. And we weren't planning on doing it, but we sort of ended up there. And then I thought, I should, it's too hot. I shouldn't be here. And I really went there to make a baby. Like it was like our vacation. We are going to conceive here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turned out my, my husband at the, my late husband at the time, he um, w- stayed in this sweat lodge. And if, if you've never been in a sweat lodge, it's like you just sweat. You're like heated right. up and heat is like the worst thing for sperm. <laughs> So, I, you know, they, they, they called me because he almost passed out and he was in this teepee and I, and I came and I was like so angry at him. Like I was so like, you killed your sperm. What are you doing? We're here to conceive. Meanwhile, he's like a, you know, a seal lying there. And it, it really dawned on me that I was so focused on the stress of conceiving that I really wasn't having this big loving connection. But ironically, I think that weekend I did conceive. Because like nine months, because I found out I was pregnant and I, and I traced it back to when I really had to like let go of this big need to, you know, make things happen and just really connect with, with a heart and with love and with, you know, spirit and letting like free channel, you said, and I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you say heat and sperm, uh, you know, a lot of guys, they'll, they want to take the steam bath or they want to sit in the hot tub and all of that. How, and I know heat's not good for sperm. How uh, quickly do the sperm then re, uh, repopulate, if you will? So let's say you take a jacuzzi. Like when, you know, when would your sperm regenerate itself so you have new sperm? Yeah, I mean, sperm takes about 70 to days to regenerate, around 70 days. So whatever you do to your sperm in those 70-day wow. windows, mm-hmm. it, you know, is not good. I mean, you know, so really doctors say don't, you know, don't go to jacuzzi. Uh, don't put a laptop on your scrotum right right, right, you know and there's a lot of yeah the lap but uh, like people put don't put the cell phone actually near your near your you're right in your pocket because it heats Mm -hmm. up the testicles and that's not good so i spend a lot of time educating men on about how to take care of themselves how to be fertile friendly too because there's so much focus on women which is great but i don't think there's enough focus on men and um, just recently, I, I think I, I posted something about having all men take a, a prenatal, like a male prenatal. They exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just antioxidants to help sperm. Like, you know, women have to take it. 
<laughs> men should too. No, so, that's, yeah. gr- that's great information. One of the things I love about the book is you get into a lot of uh, Eastern and Western approaches. There's a lot about uh, to, to sexual health as well as sex and as well as, uh, you know, the being in the best position to conceive. And you start out with what's called the, the female roadmap for men. So what is it that guys often miss and need to know about the female anatomy that they really should know? And I'm not talking about, you know, guys think they're great lovers and all of that, but what do they, what do they really need to know about women to be in the best position to conceive and also to satisfy their partner? I think it's such a great question. I think, you know, men, I, I think women are more complicated and we, they say, you know, even in Eastern traditions that women are slow to boil, you know, where men sort of are ready to go and men, mm-hmm. women take, like, they say it takes about 20 to 45 minutes of foreplay for a woman to really, you know, plump up all her erectile tissues and be ready. Mm-hmm. But, you know, women are complicated, right? So, you know, the foreplay sometimes is not just about like, okay, it's our time, let's get busy. But it, 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 it becomes more of like, what's happening in the morning? <laughs> How do mm-hmm. we connect? How do we become intimate? So I think that's like, I, I remember like, you know, when I was married, that, you know, my husband at night would like turn to me and be like, hey, you want to have sex? And I thought, well, no, you know, don't right. do that. Right. <laughs> you, know, to, you know, it's really for me, it's like part of a seduction. It's part of an intimacy. It's connection. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my foreplay, right, for a really true arousal. So I, I would say for men, like a great secret for women is like um, slow, seduction, fun texts. You know, really planting the seeds for intimacy, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. knowing your partner, what, you know, what they like, right? And uh, scrubbing the kitchen floor is not a bad way either, right? I know, taking out the garbage, I think. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, so let's flip it around. What, are, what do women need to know about men that they, they often mis, uh, uh, misanalyze, if you will? I think I think men in general, and, and you'd have to correct me if you, if I'm wrong, but because I treat a lot of men, mm-hmm. I think men really feel helpless in the fertility department. I mean, they just don't know what to do. They have this woman, especially if she's going through IVF, who you know is emotional and who you know doesn't know what they want. And I think men just don't know how to fix the problem, right? Men want to fix things. So right. I, I, I and 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 I think we we really underestimate men's role in fertility. Uh, I have a lot of men that just feel so much pressure. I mean, you know, women. What we have to would do we have to say about men is like we need to connect with men. We need to like be intimate with them. They want to have intimacy too. It's not just about their penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems to me that m- women think it's all about sort of intercourse and everything. But no, men want to be loved and admired and, you know, they want to be attended to. And the focus becomes so much on the woman and her timing that she forgets about the, the man's role and that, you know, he has to perform. And I see a lot of men in my practice that, you know, have difficulty with this. Like, you, they don't, you know, and they have nowhere to, they have nowhere to go with it. Like, men don't talk to other men. Maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like men don't like go to the locker room and be like, hey, you know, I couldn't really ejaculate in my wife last night. You know, how do you do? How do you do that? No, right? no that's that's a that's a great point. You're right all the way. Um, what one thing men can do, they can compartmentalize and just make it about sex a little easier than women can. And for better or for worse, that most guys can do that. So. Um, but in terms of uh, uh, wanting intimacy, men want intimacy. They're not very good at expressing it. And yes, guys do not uh, share their failures if the, as they, they would see it uh, in terms of uh, you know, lovemaking with their friends. Uh, guys, or most guys, 
behave as lone wolves, if you will, when it comes to uh, matters of their relationships or the opposite sex. If they're having a real problem or they're going to get divorced or something, they'll tell their best buddy and uh, just have somebody to lean on, but they're not going to look for them for advice while the problem exists. They'll probably tell them what they decided to do. And I think that's a fault that guys have that's self-inflicted, that men, it would, if we'd be more open with each other, we probably could help each other out a lot more. And, and most guys would be willing to help their friends out, but I think many guys feel it's like a sign of weakness if they go to a friend and say, hey, how, how do you think I should handle this or that? Uh, and particularly when it comes to something like intimacy, whatever, because they'd be afraid of it's humiliating or they'd be laughed at or whatever. And that's not the case. Most guys would help out their buddies. So uh, great point. Okay, it's Guys Guys Radio. Your host here, Robert Manny. Our special guest is Denise Wisner. She's got a really cool book called Conceiving with Love, A Whole Body Approach to Creating Intimacy. Reigniting passion and increasing fertility. And one of the things I love about the book is it is about conception, but it's also about uh, having better lovemaking and a balance of Eastern and Western modalities to help do that. And I really believe, having been through uh, some health crises, that the uh, blending of Eastern medicine with Western medicine is critical nowadays in terms of uh, being healthy and then fighting off and overcoming a disease, if you will. Um, what is the biggest roadblock, Denise, to uh, baby making sex, if you will? I think the biggest roadblock is people only have sex during the baby making time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they're just not <laughs> having it frequently. It's like, oh, no, here's the window. and This is the only time that we have intercourse. So there's this big pressure on this one time to, to, to do it, right? Where they miss the whole, like, lovemaking scenario the whole month. So it becomes this pressurized, oh, no, timing, uh-oh. And couples get into this, you know, they, they just don't, they forget about the intimacy and the connection. It is that, you know, demand. And that's, to me, the biggest roadblock is, is forgetting that it can be this really beautiful, ex- to create a baby is like lovemaking, beautiful connection, right? right? Mm-hmm. Not just like we got to get the sperm in the, you know, in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, do you think that there is a, with couples that you work with, uh, is there a lack of sex nowadays? Like I used to, I, I had some friends in advertising, uh, a couple of women I knew, and I've said, you know, we were talking as friends and uh, I said, how, how often did, do you have sex? Because uh, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know how we got on the discussion. And they both said twice a day, every day. And I was like, I'm not getting sex twice a day, every day. <laughs> what are you taking? What cereal are you eating? But what do you, I, I always think that there's a, a lack of sex going on now. There's less, less sex than there was before, not only for boomers and uh, GXers, but also millennials seem to be, even though they hang out and uh, you know they'll have sex, it doesn't seem like it's as rampant as, as it was 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. What's, your, what's your experience? It's completely my experience. I feel like people are not having sex. I have couples doing IVF because they don't have sex at all. And they think like, and at my experience, I don't know if people are just stressed. I think, look, I think it's a combination of things. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's overworked. You know, you come home at night and you're exhausted. You're not feeling you're sexy, right? I think, I think there's a, we're, we're just, you know, completely stressed out in our society. And that really plays a big role. And people have, and, and I don't know, millennials, it's very interesting since I have one uh, child. Um, yeah, he may be the tail, the, the, the end of it, but uh, yeah, you know, they don't. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a whole different thing, you know. And I, I, I wonder if it's just, um, I, I'm not sure if everything just goes so fast and people are, alert. you know what it is, I think people are connecting like, like we are. Like, you know, it's wonderful to connect mm-hmm. on a, an apparatus 
but I think we've lost that connection person to person, mm -hmm. right? So people are spending more time on their computer and less right. time like going out. In fact, when you go out to a market, I, I go to the market and everybody's like plugged in to like a right. talking on a head. Me too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> talking on a headset, people aren't like meeting each other in, in ways of like natural organically, ways. Organically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Organically. Yeah. So you have like this big, you know, sort of dating, uh, dating sites if people are single and it's just, there, there's a lack of intimacy right now. I, I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's the intimacy. That's not just sexual intimacy. It's just personal int intimacy also because you know, you're texting or you're swiping and, but you really don't get to know somebody until you're face to face. And at that point, if it's all been about sex and then they're, probably feel like they're pressured, okay, we'll have sex, and it kind of doesn't mean anything. Yet, you're exchanging energy with somebody, and every time you have sex with somebody, it should mean something, because there is an energetic exchange you're getting, whether you like it or not. So, I would just stress that. Do you agree, Denise? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, hey, look, there, look, I think everything goes with consent. You know, I mean, I, you know, there can sure. be if you're consenting to have some fun, that's, I, I'm, I'm really available. I'm a, I mean, I agree with anything that's about consensual sex, mm -hmm. but in terms of, you know, what we're talking about is, is what's missing for why people aren't having sex. I think it's the intimacy piece. Yeah. Yep. Busy, yep. stress, no intimacy. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about a subject that most people don't know about. And you can educate the, uh, me and the, our audience is that's about the whole Chinese aspect of it. There's the, the Jing, Jing, Qi, Shen, uh, the essence, the energy, the spirit, the yabyum practice. Um, talk to us about some of the Chinese uh, modalities that you work with. Okay. Uh, one of the things I love about Chinese medicine is it really looks at the whole body uh, instead of just looking at like what your sperm is doing or what, mm -hmm. you know, your eggs are doing. So it really, the, the, the idea of qi, which is your vital energy, is just how much energy we have. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of my patients, they're exhausted. They don't have a lot of vital energy. And so like, you know, they're not going to want to have sex. They're not going to want to, you know, engage because they don't have this chi. And, and that comes from our lifestyle, from what we eat and if we exercise and if we do spiritual practice or meditate, right? So there's this idea of balance, which the Chinese talk about, which is very help, helpful. And then there's the jing, which is we inherit this level of kind of like our DNA from mm -hmm. our parents and they call it jing. So, of course, you want to be your healthiest when you want to conceive because you want to give your child the best quality right. of your jing or your DNA. And the, the mm -hmm. jing could be also related to like your, the quality of your sperm and your egg. So that's mm -hmm. just basic. Okay. Then Shen? Shen is, the, is our spirit. It's, it's kind of like our, you know, when you look in someone's eyes and they sparkle, you see their spirit, their Shen. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's kind of like heart energy. You know, I, I connect the Shen to like love energy that radiates, right? Mm -hmm. So those are three things in Chinese medicine that we want to have strong, right? We want to connect the heart energies with our reproductive energies because when they're both connected, that's the, 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 the best for lovemaking and the best for making a baby. Got it. Um, the importance of diet in terms of conception. You mentioned zinc and you have some other foods to eat. Uh, could you talk to us a little bit about that? And then also, then I want to get into the importance of the kidneys, which was very surprising to me. So let's start with diet real quick. Okay, so diet for fertility-friendly diet, it's probably everything people already know. You know, stay away from processed foods. We have a lot of pesticides and, you know, plastics, environmental toxins we want to stay away from too, right? So fertility-friendly diet is eating, you know, good quality proteins, vegetables, uh, you know, good quality fat, staying away from over-processed foods. That's just kind of a general diet. But, I mean, we all sort of know this at this point, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, you know, staying away from alcohol and cigarette smoking and, right. you know, even, you know, I live in California, so marijuana is legal. So right. staying away from that, it's not good for sperm or eggs. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. How about the kidneys? Um, why are the kidneys so important? Because uh, I had some issues with my kidneys and uh, fortunately we took care of that, but I, I, I had never even thought of my kidneys my entire life. And now I realize that the kidneys have functions beyond just the cleansing, you know, of uh, uh, processing of liquids going through your body. They're, they're, they're more than that. Tell us about the importance of the kidneys and how that relates to uh, uh, conception. Okay, so in Chinese medicine, the kidney energy is different than like your Western kidneys, although they, they're, they're equal. So when we talk about kidney energy in Chinese medicine, we're talking about Chinese kidney, which is a little bit different. In, in Chinese medicine, the kidneys, the area in your low back where the kidneys reside, is they say it's like sort of the root of life. It's kind of, it's your sexuality, it's your fertility. And people who have like weak kidney energy in, in Chinese medicine maybe have like low sex drive, uh, maybe have a, a, a painful lower back or weak knees or, you know, um, just feel sort of low energy. And so mm -hmm. the kidney energy, and I have to stress that it's Chinese medicine kidney, not Western kidney. Right. But the kidney energy is really kind of the root of fertility. And they say it's the root of life. And one of the Chinese things that they say also is that as we age, this kidney energy decreases. So we have to pay more attention to taking care of ourselves. So how, how can we uh, keep uh, maintain kidney health? It's really, a, tips? yeah, it's really a bit of balanced lifestyle, you know, and, and the Chinese, what they do so well is they have this, this thing called tonic herbs, which we don't, you know, things that build us up, things like, um, um, like cordyceps, it's kind of, it's good for sperm, it's kind of a fungus that lives on caterpillars, and they, mm -hmm. you know, these things we, we talk about that are tonics, like, um, like ginseng, you, you hear about ginseng being mm -hmm. very good, but mm -hmm. ginseng and astragalus and, and those Herbs can help as tonics to help us in French Chinese medicine, but, you know, spending enough time not depleting yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, like overworking and um, drinking a lot of coffee because the kidney energy could be like the adrenal glands where we're constantly stressed. So the idea is to have a balanced lifestyle. It's always about finding the balance, the middle way. Perfect. Listen, Denise, you have been amazing. I'm so glad we uh, hosted you on Guys Guys Radio because I think you're terrific. I think your book is terrific. And I'm a guy. And the name of the book is Conceiving with Love, A Whole Body Approach to Creating Intimacy, Reigniting Passion, and Increasing Fertility. And you think like, okay, this is like girly stuff. And it's not. It's a really interesting book. It has a lot about sex. You learn a lot about your own body as well as your partner's body. And I got a lot out of this book and a lot out of this conversation. So thank you so much, Denise Wisner, for being on Guys Guys Radio. Tell everybody where they can find out more about you, where they can get your book, etc. My book is available on Amazon, so you get it there. Um, my website is Denise Wiesner. W-I-E-S-N-E-R or Wiesner, DeniseWiesner.com and you can find information. You could probably even download a free chapter, chapter one. I think if you go to my website and give me some information uh, and I have a clinic in West, West Los Angeles. So natural healing and acupuncture. Well, thanks so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. You're a terrific guest and I'm very pleased that you came on the show. Thanks. Me too. Thank you so much. It's Guys Guy Radio. All right, Guys Guys Radio, we have a special guest a little different guest. His name is James F. Twyman, and he is uh, kind of a follower, if you will, of uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And he's a saint that I don't know how many of our listening audiences 
that familiar with, but he's a saint that we should all be familiar with because he was really uh, very helpful to the poor and the homeless people. And obviously all around our country, we have that issue everywhere and people need to be a little more open with their hearts in terms of helping people who are less advantaged than a lot of people are nowadays. So James has also put together a one-man show called Brother, Son, Sister Moon. He's gonna take that around the country and he's gonna invite actually homeless people into the show, give away free tickets. He's got a novel we're gonna talk about called Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis. He's a musician. We're gonna see if we can squeeze in one of his songs from the uh, one-man show he's gonna do about St. Francis of Assisi. He's also a New York Times best-selling author. He's got 16 books, 18 music albums. He plays the ukulele and he's done a, a billboard chart bestseller, I Am Wishes Fulfilled, along with uh, the late Dr. Wayne Dwyer. So what a fantastic guy. I'm so glad that James F. Twyman is on Guys Guys Radio. Welcome to the show, James. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thank you. Let's start from the very beginning and the obvious question. Tell us about St. Francis of Assisi. Who was he? Why is he important? And why has he struck such a chord with you in your personal life? Well, St. Francis is probably the most famous saint of the Catholic Church in history. And for many of the reasons that you mentioned, uh, he's often considered the, the saint of nature because he would preach to birds and talk to wolves. In fact, most people are aware of him, even if you don't specifically know. Uh, many times you'll go to a garden and you'll see a bird bath with St. Francis in it. That's right. And that's often what people know, the birdbath St. Francis. However, he was so much more complicated and, I would say, so much more important. In fact, I'll tell you one thing that kind of started this whole musical. It was a quote that I heard that came from a very unlikely source. Um, I'll read basically the quote, and then I'll tell you who said this. This person said, our revolution failed. What we really needed were 10 St. Francis of Assisi's. And oddly enough, the person who said that was Vladimir Lenin. Wow. After the Russian Revolution, he realized that what they tried to do failed, and it created more atrocities than it solved. And what we really needed were 10 people like St. Francis who were completely committed to peace. I think that's what really attracted me to him. I became a Franciscan when I was 18, left home, uh, was studying to be a priest. I left after a couple of years, but it stayed with me. And, and that's the magic of Francis is that he crosses all boundaries. And people who aren't even Christian uh, tend to fall in love with him. So he has a lot to teach us today. You know, he was the end of the Dark Ages. And right after Francis was the Renaissance. And you could say, I'm sure people would maybe agree that we're in a bit of a dark age right now. And maybe if Vladimir Lenin was correct, maybe if there were 10 people as committed as he was, maybe a new renaissance will begin. Well, I I think the good news is I think the world is changing and there's a lot of light coming in now. And uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but I'd love to get them, James. I think that the, the light that's coming in now is too much for some people. And there's kind of a separation going on where people are either getting it or they're going to be getting out somehow. And I think the world is going to change in a positive way because just like the stock market goes up and it goes down, but you know, we keep going up eventually. So what's your, what are your thoughts on what's well, happening today? I think today? you're absolutely right. Uh, I think it's a, an enormous opportunity. These types of things don't happen until the light is brightest. As you said, when the opportunity is greatest, for us to step into a new world, or as we said before, a new renaissance. 
And if you look at Europe 800 years ago at the time of St. Francis, it was very similar to today. It was very dark. There were things going on. For example, when Francis was walking to Rome in order to have his first meeting with Pope Innocent III to try and get some approval for what he was doing, at the same time they were walking to Rome, uh, over 20,000 men, women, and children were killed in one day in France when the Cathars were massacred. And so there were things going on at that time that we can't even imagine. But because of the witness of people like Francis, as we said before, there was this bright light that came in. And when a bright light comes in, the shadows disappear on their own. And that's how the Renaissance started. I think it might happen again. Okay, good. Um, I agree with you. Tell us about your personal story in terms of you went off to become a priest and what was that like? What was the experience like and how long did that go for and what drew you to that initially? I was born Roman Catholic, uh, so I can relate to it because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, my parents would say, oh, he's going to be a priest. And I was like, no, I'm not. I feel I'm a spiritual person, but I don't feel you know, super Catholic, even though I don't discount it. I'm not going to say I'm not Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was grown, born a Roman Catholic. But I think we have to be more inclusive in any type of religion than and a lot of organized religions are more exclusive than they are inclusive. And I think that has to change. Yeah. First of all, you could say that this is very true about St. Francis. He was the first what we might call ecumenical saint. And it's mainly based on a story that happened during the Crusades. Francis heard something that the Sultan al-Kamil, who was the Sultan um, of Syria, in charge of the Muslim force, he had said that he would give a Byzantine gold coin to any Muslim who would bring him the head of a Christian. Well, when Francis heard that, he immediately jumped into action and said, I need to talk to that guy. And of course, everyone told him he'd be killed, he would be, you know, it would mm-hmm. be, he'd be martyred. And he didn't listen, he went, and sure enough, he was captured, was to be executed, but just for the sake of fun, the Sultan decided to have an audience with them before the execution. And he was so moved by the simplicity and the beauty of this little Italian friar that he not only let him live, but let him preach throughout the whole land. Wow. Of I did not know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And that's why in 1986, Pope John Paul II brought all the leaders of the different religions of the world to, of all places, Assisi because of that connection with Francis. And they each prayed the peace prayer from their religion. So the Dalai Lama was for Buddhists and all the other leaders. A friend of mine gave me a sheet of that paper back in 1994. And as I read each of these prayers, I picked up my guitar and just began to play along. And within one hour, I put all 12 prayers to music. And that's when I, I... At first, I just wanted to be like St. Francis. I wanted to travel the world as a penniless troubadour and to just share these prayers, which I'm kind of doing now. But Mm -hmm. back then, that was all I had. And lo and behold, I became very successful and with many, many books, as you said. Now it's like I've gone back to the beginning with this new musical uh, on the way to Broadway. And it's one of the reasons why I've decided on the way to Broadway to travel across the U.S., beginning in Portland, then down to Southern California and straight over to New York to travel penniless, as Francis would have, having no idea 
how myself or my friend Bill Free, who's going to be traveling with me, how any of us are going to be getting from city to city as I do the musical across the country, finally arriving in New York to do it for two weeks on Broadway. So I feel like I'm back to that mission of Francis after so many years. Well, I think I think it's amazing what you're doing. I think it's going to be amazing. Actually, uh, my sister-in-law's brother, I ran into him at a pool party over the summer, and he walked across the United States with his dog, and he had no wow. money. And he told me all of these stories. I invited him on the show, and then I lost touch with him. But basically, he said people were incredible. They would give him his house, their house, and then they would leave, and the generosity and the kindness that he experienced was beyond anything that he ever imagined. So I will bet somebody with your light will really experience uh, miracles along the way. So congratulations on that and best wishes and safe travels. I think it's amazing. And you, I'm sure you'll have books and songs that come out of that. So tell us about yeah, yeah, maybe. Tell us about the show, uh, James, uh, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon. What is it about? Is it it's a musical? It's a one-man show? Give us a little bit of overview there. We'll get into your novel also. It's basically a, a one-man musical based on the life of St. Francis. It's St. Francis telling the story of his life uh, so that people can see him more than and just the birdbath saint, because he was a very complicated character. And when we hear the whole story, especially with him presenting it as he does in the musical, it really changes people. So I, I wrote all the music uh, for the musical and worked it in to the dialogue. And actually, surprisingly enough, the, the whole idea began when I saw uh, Bruce Springsteen do a one-man right. musical about his mm -hmm. life on Broadway. And I loved it. And I thought... Wouldn't it be interesting if St. Francis did the same thing? And because I had just written a, a book, as you mentioned, Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis, a fiction story about St. Francis, I thought, well, this would be a lovely way to share that book or that story as I did my book tour. And now here we are going to Broadway. Tell us about the, the novel. What is the story behind it? Um, why a novel? I believe personally in a power, the power of story. Um, did you want to kind of just take a break in the different types of books you've written? Have you written novels previously? Who is Giovanni? Right. <laughs> Etc. Well, I, I had written a couple of novels, and I love that way of writing. I, I'm a storyteller, and uh, there many people know about the Camino de Santiago in Spain. Well, there's another Camino in Italy called the Camino of St. Francis, and I've walked it four times, actually five and I just, the first time I walked one section, I just began to play with this idea of a woman named Anna who uh, has had a hard life and she decides to walk the Camino in Italy. She meets this young Italian guy named Giovanni and they become Camino partners. And in a very subtle, very gentle way, he begins to shift her perception of her life in the world. So it's really a novel about uh, realizing you're never too old to heal your life. And that's what happens to Anna. I don't want to tell you who Giovanni is because it'll ruin the, the, the story, okay. but th there's a very mystical, magical element to the whole thing. But more than anything, it was my way of telling the story of St. Francis in a very modern context. Mm -hmm. Do you feel, James, that you are uh, guided, if you will? I, I found for myself um, that once I said, show me how to serve, and it sounds like, you know, I'm being like pompous by saying that, but I actually asked that and my life changed in a yeah. very good way. And people did not point their finger at me saying, you know, you're full of baloney. They just pretty much have treated me very well. And I don't go around saying that all the time, but I found that the idea of service is 
is a, a wonderful thing and it's helping me and I feel I am being guided to do what I'm doing. How about for yourself? How did that all work out for you? Well, like you, I was raised very Catholic. I, I knew I wanted to be a priest from the very beginning. Uh, it was me telling my parents rather than the other way around. Uh, but I, I realized through St. Francis the importance of that, the importance of that service. And for Francis, being one of the rich kids in Assisi, uh, very privileged, he realized that what he was longing for would never be found in the world. He was never going to get it by having more money or more fame or prestige. He had to give up everything in order to have everything. And that is really the secret of St. Francis. And that's why Vladimir Lenin said what he said, that all we really need are 10 people who are that committed. And, mm. and he changed the world 800 years ago and people like you and I and others if we make that same commitment and say, show me how, show me how I could be of the highest service, because I don't know, I can't do it on my right, own, right. but I'm willing to give everything to find out what that is. Now, uh, also, as part of that, you know, you take somebody like Wayne Dyer, you know, he had a beautiful place in Hawaii. It, there's nothing wrong with if you're on that path to be able to take care of your family and have, you know, Certainly. nice things around you and all of that. How do you how do you process that part of it? Because, you know, St. Francis was kind of give it all, not, not having anything, but you don't have to not have anything to be on the right path and to be of service. And I think sometimes people think, oh, service, I have to work in a soup kitchen. Well, no, you don't necessarily have to work in a soup kitchen, but there's, there's, it's a perspective in a lot of ways, isn't it, James? Well, the critical thing is that you have to be willing to give everything. To give 100%. Now, that's going to look different for you as a, than it does for me or anyone else. Some of us are called, as St. Francis or Siddhartha or many other people, to renounce their riches. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually kind of going through that myself. I've been very successful and, and very fortunate. But I'm, I feel called to follow a very dramatic path in imitation of Francis, who was imitating Christ. Okay. And, and Christ said, Jesus said, uh, that if you want to be perfect, you have to go sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and come and follow me. Now, of course, you have to remember who he was speaking to. He was speaking to a rich man who was very attached to his money. Right. And that's why he said that to him. Now, for you, it may look very different. For Wayne Dyer, it's going to look different. So there's no rule like saying that you have to divest yourself, mm-hmm. even though some people will feel that. But the most important thing is to be willing to give everything and to just ask for guidance of how that's supposed to look and to follow that guidance. Awesome. Thank you for articulating that. Why don't we take some time towards, towards the end of the interview here and have you play a song for us? Well, sure. Hold on one second. Let me grab my, my favorite ukulele. Okay. It's uh, Robert Manny here, your guy's guy on Guy's Guy's Radio. Our special guest is James Twyman. He's a Ph.D., <laughs> And he's got a show called Brother, Son, Sister Moon Musical Tour that's going to be in Portland, Santa Barbara, Phoenix, Sedona, Santa Fe, Kansas City, St. Louis, Chicago, Cleveland, Philly, and of course, good old New York City. And he's here talking about the tour and also his novel, Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis, James F. Twyman. He's going to play us out with one of his songs. This is one of the songs from the musical. It's called Everything. My heart's on fire with love for you There's nothing more that I want to do Than spend my life 
And thank you so much. A beautiful song and heartfelt. And I really love the work you're doing. And uh, tell tell our listeners, James, where they can find out more about you, your tour, your books, etc. Well, if um, my own website is called World Peace Pulse, P-U-L-S-E dot com. And there's a link right there that'll take you to the, the website about the musical. Or you can just go to St. Francis Musical dot com. It's S-T Francis musical.com and and get all the information if you're coming through if i'm coming through your city i'd love to see you there uh there are going to even be a lot of people who are going to be joining me in new york and walking that last day with me into manhattan and helping to serve the homeless on the street so there are going to be a lot of ways people can join well you better bring a lot of plates because there are a lot of homeless in new york and there's thousands upon thousands of people now unfortunately living underground in the subways. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Haven't been a New Yorker for many years. It's like, wow, every, every major city is going through so much upheaval uh, with, the, with the whole mill. So it's, it's just a terrible situation. I don't know what the answers are, but it's, yes. just, it's just a tragedy. So we have, to, we have to, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, James, I think what every individual can do is recognize the divinity in everybody you come across. And if you start doing that, we all start doing that, the world's going to become a much better place vibrationally. That's it. You, you hit it right in the button. That's exactly it. Great. Well, thank you so much, James, for being on Guys Guys Radio. My pleasure to meet you. Good luck with the tour. I hope we can meet again. And um, let's stay in touch. Thank you so much for having me on the program. Robert Manny's The Guys Guys Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guys Guys Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. All right, Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. We had two very different, very intriguing guests today on Guys Guys Radio. The first was Denise Weisner and her book, Conceiving with Love, all about conception and sex. And I think these are two messages that men really need to pick up on. First is we really don't know the female anatomy that well, and we don't know that much about conception, ovulation, arousal, if you will, for women. And I think the more we know, the better partners we can be. So it's not just wham, bam, we want a baby. And stress, of course, does not help. So I think we learned a lot there. We also had James F. Twyman on the show. And he is just an amazing guy who 
is following in the footsteps of Francis Assisi, uh, the saint Francis Assisi, and taught us a lot about love and uh, being open to your fellow man. And he is going on his tour where he's going to be walking from city to city uh, with no money and relying on the kindness of strangers to really make his way and put on his one-man musical show about St. Francis. So we learned about love there and both positive messages. So really good show today on Guys Guys Radio. And Guys Guys Radio, as we know, is the place where where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. So it's, we keep it positive here. We don't make it uh, what I would call uh, sanctimonious. We make it positive. But I'm not here to really argue with my guests. I'm giving them a chance to, and a forum to get their information out there. I leave it up to you listeners to decide if it's something that you're vibing with. So Guys Guys Radio, source material, it all began with my novel called The Guys Guys Guide to Love. And from there, I started blogging, as did the lead character in my novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, which, by the way, you can pick up on Amazon or any place where they sell books, blogging about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness on Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. And then we began, close to 400 shows ago, a podcast called Guys Guys Radio, and it became a regular terrestrial, if you will, radio program and a podcast as well called Guys Guys Radio with Robert Manny on KCAA here in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. We're on every Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Pacific time. The show gets replayed, I believe, on Sunday afternoons at 2 p.m. So if you're riding down the 5, you're heading to the beach, you're on the 101 around L.A., wherever you may be in Southern California, you can hear the show. You can also hear it pretty much anywhere in the world now because we're also on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, if you will. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Blog Talk Radio, CastBox. You can stream the show on KCAA.com and from my website, RobertManny.com. Guys, guys, radio. So I thank you for listening to the show. I thank you for supporting the show and the work I'm doing. If you want to support me and so we can keep doing shows, I would ask you to very simply rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. If you're so inspired, buy my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guy to Love. We're going to be back next week with another great show. I thank you again for being there for me and for listening and keeping an open mind. And as I always like to say... Guys, guys, finish first. It's Guys Guy Radio.